0: Welcome to Insight, the insurance news podcast hosted by me, Andrew Swapox. In this week's edition of Insight, we focus on how money can't buy you love, as the coalition might have found out recently. Puff Daddy and notorious B.I.G. were right. More money does bring more problems, nearly 5 billion problems in counting. The best things in life are free, but you can give them to the birds and the bees because reinsurers need money. That's what they need. And one for the kids, we ask guest journalist Rihanna her thoughts as the Cyclone Reinsurance Pool modelling was released. She was not pleased. Hello, everyone. Speaking of kids, this week I'm joined by Chairman Terry McMullen, Deputy Editor Wendy Pugh, and senior journalist Miranda Maxwell. Hello, Terry. Good morning. Did you know we received a record number of complaints about my New Zealand accent in last week's episode? <laughs>
1: No, I didn't know that, Andrew.
0: Apparently, we didn't have enough jokes about our New Zealanders listeners' expense. Oh, dear. Good morning, Wendy. Good morning. How was your start to the new financial year?
1: Oh, pretty,
2: pretty
0: uneventful, actually. Yeah, It's probably a good thing. Yeah, I don't expect it'll continue that way. Probably not. And hello, Miranda. Good morning, Andrew. Is there another money song that I've uh, not included in, uh, in that intro?
3: I'm sure there is. If we put our heads together, we'll think of something. The Beatles, don't they have one?
0: I did have that at the start. Ah, Proof that you don't actually listen to my rubbish at the start.
3: Listening fail. Sorry. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, Miranda, on a more serious question, ICA said last week that losses from floods earlier this year had reached $4.8 billion. And as we all know, there's been more torrential rain in New South Wales. What's the situation? Are insurers expecting many more claims from this event?
3: The amount of rain and where it has fallen doesn't bode well. There's been 100 millimetres in many catchments in 24 hours, and the rivers and dams were already full. So that worsens the flood risk substantially. The claims from the March floods were already more than twice the value of the black summer bushfires, which was staggering and it's just hard to believe many of those same areas are being struck again this winter. There will surely be claims all over again, and some of these latest floods will damage already damaged property, presumably. At this stage, the Insurance Council is only saying insurers are working with customers if their property is being repaired from previous extreme weather events, and has been impacted again. But the emergency management minister is saying some homes that escaped previous floods may be hit this time and emergency government funding has been granted. New South Wales has had four flood emergencies now in just 18 months. And the numbers are pretty staggering with 30,000 people evacuated this time. The whole thing just really hammers home we have to do better at building more resilient homes and businesses in less flood-prone areas and there's a reason those flood premiums skyrocketed in many of these areas and now we're all seeing it in stark reality that the actuaries weren't just being overly cautious when they priced this risk and now it is all too real.
0: Well the high level of natural catastrophe losses in recent times has had an effect on mid-year reinsurance renewals haven't they Wendy?
2: Well yes um, reports um, from the mid-year renewals as it say that reinsurers were were looking for higher rates and were more wary about the level at which they were wanting to take on property catastrophe risk and you know the reinsurers are worried about a whole range of things including you know the effects of inflation as well as the frequency of catastrophes, particularly in the Australian context, where we've had those record-breaking floods um, earlier this year and they followed a number of other, you know, weather weather catastrophes. Aon, in their report, described the June-July renewals as a market-changing event and said um, Australia's increasingly drawing parallels with Florida, which we know is highly exposed to hurricane and flooding risk. And gallagher says globally there's just like a cocktail of factors affecting the, um, the current approach of reinsurance
0: well, Terry, how significant are the tougher reinsurance market for insurers and what impacts will these stronger rates do
1: going forward locally? Well, if reinsurance rates cost more for insurers, that cost's going to have to be absorbed somewhere. And really, insurers have only got two choices. One is to limit the amount of risk they, they take on. And the other is to include the the rises in premiums. So it's not an area where they're able to to skimp or even gamble on a lower level of claims in the future. That's just not gonna happen. Climate change is everywhere. Oh, please don't email me with incoherent expressions of rage, people. I'm just doing my job. The impacts of all this are unpredictable. I mean, who could have predicted The East Coast weather would give us these huge flood events, for example. The insurance business is in a a pretty difficult balancing act. And and after copping rate rises of up to 25% for higher property risk, for example, it's going to have to pass that on. And and the only way to do that is, is through premiums. But we shouldn't forget either that we're not the only country copping extreme natural catastrophes this year and, and most insurers globally are seeking more reinsurance. So inflation is hurting economies everywhere and interest rates are rising. So reinsurers are really dealing from a position where they have no choices either. They're trying to spread their own exposures away from cats as much as they can and from all reports that I've heard certainly that the negotiations this year have been pretty tough. All this limits insurers' ability to to spread the cost of claims. So over the next year, we're going to see the issues of coverage and affordability still well and truly with us.
0: Well, looking at catastrophe claims, we've reported that the Financial Rights Legal Centre is concerned that insurers are looking to cash settle more claims from the flooding this year. Could that become a trend,
1: Terry? There's nothing particularly wrong with, with uh, cash settling as, as long as the people being offered cash settlements are made well aware of their options and the consequences. With the massive repair and replacement burden that's been placed on insurers after the East Coast floods, uh, for many people a cash settlement might just be more useful than waiting around for a year or even more in the hopes that the insurer's trade is going to come down the road, there is a real shortage of people able to to actually carry out these repairs. It's usually up to the insurer whether it will offer it to cash settle. um, And where homes are deemed a total loss, it could even be a godsend to the householder. But each case will be different and the cash settlement option does have its place. But as I said, what's most important is that the consumer is made well aware of their rights and the consequences of whatever decision they make.
0: Well, the government backed reinsurance pool for cyclones started on Friday, but there's been a political storm after the release of modelling, hasn't there, Wendy?
2: Yeah, ever since the former coalition government announced the pool last year, there's been scepticism over flagged premium reductions of up to 46% for homeowners, 58% for strata and 34% for SMEs. Doubt was particularly around given that the then government wouldn't release the the modelling so the Labor government, um, which has been calling for more transparency last week, released a report by Affinity, which suggests average savings to northern Australians are more likely to be around a, a 15 to 20 percent range. Uh, and Labor says the former government was being deceptive. And coalition MPs have come back and said, well, they were always up to figures based on advice provided at the time. But uh, anyway, the pool has now technically started, but there's a long transition period before the insurers need to have their cyclone reinsurance provided through the pool and, and consultations on premium rates are still taking place. So, you know, we'll have to wait a while before we really see, you know, what the actual benefits turn
1: out to be.
0: Terry, would anyone be surprised that expected premium savings are not quite at the level promoted by the previous government?
1: Uh, From the amount of inquiry, I think Wendy used the word cynicism, uh, that was expressed right at the start, the answer should be no. The thing that was holding this all together certainly wasn't uh, anything that Scott Morrison was promising. It was the fact that this was meant to be based on Treasury modelling, which carries with it some prestige. You know, the reality is is entirely different. And I think we're hearing a lot of semantics now from, from the Liberal Party about, well, we were talking about up to, you know, look, you could have said you had savings of, of up to 93%. None of it was was going to be at all helpful. The Finity report certainly shows that there has been, I think, the word we should use is that it was all pretty disingenuous. It was probably political. Uh, it certainly was was a way of being able to sort out a problem before an election. That's the the cynical point of view. We're going ahead with this. Let's see if we can make it work. Do you think it's salvageable? Yes. Yeah, I I do, but I don't. I just don't think that everybody should. You know, be casting great hopes on this being the uh, the be all and end all answer, but you never know. It, it it may well find a solution, or it may well find find you know that that it it really does work. What concerns me is that we have a lot of disasters happening right across the country that are climate change related, for which we we don't have these kind of government backed guarantees. So where we go from here, I do not know. I do suggest that anybody who who is curious about all this should read the analysis from yesterday's insurancenews.com.au bulletin. It really does explain it pretty well. Excellent.
0: Well, Miranda, looking beyond catastrophes, a Sydney academic has raised issues about insurers' use of consumer data and says there needs to be more regulation. What problems are being highlighted here?
3: This one's very big brother. This University of Sydney law academic says machine learning algorithms can correctly guess a lot about people just from facial images and social media posts. At the moment, there's very limited regulation covering what data is collected by insurers and how it's used. And she's worried cover might be denied or unaffordable to some consumers as a result. So, insurers can track customer loyalty schemes and social media web browsing histories and things like fitness trackers and use it to price insurance. So, her idea is that a grocery shopping history might reveal your diet, your household size, your health conditions and social background, and your social media likes or group memberships can tell insurers a lot about you and your risk. So she's urging regulators that there's a very small window to correct this before these practices are entrenched. And she wants limitations on the use of the data, more transparency and higher privacy law
0: requirements. Is she saying that I should take down all my photographs of me doing burnouts in my ute before I go and get my car renewal done?
3: I think that's exactly what she's saying, Andrew. You you nailed it.
0: Okay. Maybe I shouldn't have mentioned it here. That brings us to the end of this week's Insight podcast by Insurance News. Thank you once again to our panel, Terry McMullen, Wendy Pugh, and Miranda Maxwell. Enjoy your week and thank you all for listening. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at editor at insurancenews.com.au. We value your input you can read all these stories and many others at your leisure at insurancenews.com.au. You can subscribe to the Insight Podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Acast, on all your favorite podcast platforms now. We look forward to catching up again next week.